Verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again, Westside. We are glad that you're here today. And if it is your first time here, it is a good Sunday to be here. Thank you for being patient with us. we got a lot going on. It's family worship. We love seeing families worship together. We're also starting a new sermon series today. May we honor, we'll get into that. But also, um, towards the end of the service, we have um, four individuals who primarily have gone through our Kids Side at West Side program that are going to be getting baptized today. And so can we just be thankful for that? The fruit of the ministry. And listen, um, uh, hopefully you were paying attention with all of those announcements. There is a lot going on in the life of our church. And so if you are somebody who's wanting to get connected, you're wanting to make those next steps, please, I would encourage you to initiate and go to the information center. Sign up for one of those events um, to be a part of this. Today, um, we start May We Honor. And so it's a little bit of a play on words, obviously, through the month of May. May We Honor. It's not going to get any better than that, guys. That's all I got, okay? So, um, but what we want to do is I want to take sort of just this month with everything that is going to be going on, Mother's Day, um, Memorial Day, all of those celebrations, and, and really get to what is underneath that. What is, what is underneath these celebrations and these things that we do and why we do it? And just a little bit of an insight into my life, when, when I'm thinking and planning and praying and preparing for a sermon series, that's just sort of what I'm always thinking about. My, my radar is up. You can ask my wife. Sometimes there's just sort of a blank stare, and I'm just thinking and praying about these things. And this week, my son Roman hopped in the car after school, and he was so excited. And he said, Dad, check this out. And he handed me a piece of paper with the Missouri seal on it, signed by Hardy Billington. And Roman from the District 152, um, Hardy Billington, Roman made the A honor roll there for the fourth grade. It's awesome. Super cool. So we've, we've celebrated any time that they do that. We love the Popper Bluff R1 School District here. We are cheering for you guys. We are invested in this community. Our kids are here. We are a part of this. And so obviously I knew with the sermon series coming up and the word honor, it's like right there. I was like, this is so great. And so I asked the kids when we got to the house while we were playing outside, I said, hey, what do you guys think honor is? And they sort of thought about it a little bit. And Romans said, um, honor, it means like uh, good, uh, respect, or giving someone a reward. I was like, that's a great definition. I said, Andy Grace, baby girl, what do you think honor is? And Andy said, honor means to honor them. I said, that is a great definition. That's exactly what it means. It means to honor them, right? And so I called Piper Graham over and I said, hey, Piper Graham, what is honor? And she said, I don't know. Why are you asking me this? You know I don't go to school yet. <laughs> great answer, okay? <laughs> Ran off and kept playing. So um, this week I, I sort of did uh, an official Facebook poll and just said, hey, when you hear the word honor, what do you think honor is? Because I think it's like those definitions are funny, 
But the reality is, is I think we would define it that way as well. I was even talking with Court and she was like, it's hard for me to define honor without using the word honor. And so some of the official Facebook responses were, um, honor makes me think of admiration. I think that's great. Uh, someone said, I feel like honor requires more action then respect, love that. I tie the word um, loyalty to the word honor. I thought that was good. This was a great response. Honor comes from somewhere deeper within than respect does. You don't need honor to get respect, but you have to have respect to get honor. I thought that was a great comment. And, and we see honor take place all the time, maybe um, at a wedding you know, when the bride comes in, would you all please rise? Everyone stands up. That's an act of honor. Or if a judge enters into a courtroom, as you've been watching Justice for Johnny. No, I'm just kidding, okay? Um, you know, all please rise. We see these acts of honor. I'll tell you what, throughout my life, um, one of, hands down, the greatest acts of honor is whenever I get the opportunity to do a funeral service for a veteran and they have honors and they fold that flag, and that man or that woman kneeled down, and they say, on behalf of the President of the United States and a grateful nation, we thank you for your loved one's service. And they present them with that flag. And they play taps. Man, there's not a dry eye around. These are all acts of honor that we sort of get hints and glimmer of. Um, the official definition in the Oxford English Dictionary defines honor this way. Great respect and admiration for someone. That's good. Um, that's, honor is no less than this, for sure. But... When we get into the scriptures as to how they use the word honor, it opens up an entire new door. The word honor is used over 170 times in the Bible. This is sort of what it looks like as it's used in the scriptures. Um, the different variations, glory, opinion, um, and the percentages in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Obviously, honor is very close to dishonor and shame and those types of things like that. When we continue to look in the scriptures, the word honor is so important that in God's top ten, Remember when God gives Charlton Heston those things, the Ten Commandments there? And, and God doesn't give them the Ten Commandments to say, if you live this way, then I will save you out of Egypt. Remember, we always want to see the gospel at work. God says, I have saved you out of Egypt, and now that you are my people, you are to live this way. But one of God's top ten in the commandments is found in Exodus chapter 20, and he says... Honor your father and your mother. And it's the only commandment that comes with a promise. All through scripture, when we see the word honor used, there's constantly an incentive behind it. So it's not just here, but we'll see throughout. God says that it may go well with you all the days of your life and that you would live a long life. I mean, the word honor is really important. And so in the original languages, this is what the word honor looks like for the two of you that care. Um, the word teme is actually how it is pronounced. And it means to value, respect, 
or highly esteem, here it is, to treat as precious, weighty, or here it is, valuable, price, value. Um, we're going to see through this series next week, we're going to look at who do we honor. Obviously, we'll talk about parents, but we'll see how it plays out in the rest of relationships. The word honor, very interesting, throughout the scriptures is used interchangeably with the word money to denote value. And so when the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23 says this, you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. That word price is the same word that's used for honor. You were bought with honor. Now, think about this. We're going to get into all of this and how this affects our relationships. But did you know that when God looks at you, he sees value? He sees precious he sees weight. He sees glory. He sees importance. That's what God sees. So I think if we can pull all this together, this is just sort of the big idea, and this is what I want us to walk away with today, is a clear understanding of what honor is. And this will be our working definition through the rest of the entire month, and it's this. Honor is the act of holding people and positions in high value. That's what honor is. To get honor roll is you have been esteemed as high value. When a bride walks in or anything, the flag, anything, honor is the act of holding people and positions. We're going to get into that. Positions in a high value. I love what Gary Smalley, who has worked with so many marriages, and so many relationships, please listen to this. I believe, if you lean in in this series, I believe that what we are studying will change your relationships forever. I believe that honor is the missing ingredient, whether it be in your parenting, whether it be in your marriage, whether it be in your friendships. If we grasp and understand what it is and how we can show it and do it, I, listen, I fundamentally believe that our relationships will change forever. Gary Smalley says this, honor is a decision we make to place high value, worth and importance on another person. By, val by valuing them as a priceless gift and granting them, here it is, a position in our lives that is worthy of great respect. Love involves putting that decision into action. Do you see now, almost in relationships, there's a two-lane highway. One lane is love and the other is honor. And those work interchangeably together. If your relationships are failing, if there's conflict, it's because one of those lanes has a traffic jam in them. But listen, I know, um, you're still like, but what is it? I need, I need, Pastor Jason, just that mental image. If I could just think of honor and boom. If I could just think of something. And I know that we've got our kid side kids in here. So, so listen, we're going to have to go deep today. So, so kid side kids, I want you to lean in. I want you to, Pastor Jason's talking about something sort of deep here. This is pretty theologically in-depth. 
so I need you to hold on. It might go over your head a little bit, but I, I think there's a profound theological example for us in this, okay? And it comes from the theologically rich movie, The Lion King, okay? All right? We're on the same page. Um, I think we know what we're talking about. There's this moment um, in the movie when Simba is born and he is the rightful heir. Remember, everywhere the sun touches, the kingdom is yours, right? And there's the moment where Simba is held up, right? And then the, the music play, you know what? I, you guys, you're thinking about it right now. Every dad does this to the firstborn child that's born. And I think we just need to get it out of our system right now. So here we go. Okay? Hold it up. Hold Simba up for me today. Come on, guys. Hold him up. This is it, right? We're holding it up. Let it out. Nobody knows the lyrics. Okay, right? Right? right. Okay. All right. Listen, I want you to think we're laughing and it's funny. That's great. I'm glad you're paying attention. Um, when we talk about honor, it is holding people to high value. But what's interesting in the movie, if you've ever noticed it, they hold Simba up high, but everybody else gets low, and they kneel down. Ah, oh, I think we're on to something now, because you see, you can't hold people high unless you get low. Maybe that's the traffic jam for you. Honor is the act of holding people in a high position. All people in positions in a high value. Now, Romans chapter 12. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying about a gospel-rich community. These Christians are in the Mecca of the world. They are in Rome. This is where the world is getting ruled from. And the Apostle Paul is saying, this is the way that relationships work in the kingdom of God. Not in the kingdom of Caesar, where power and might is displayed, but rather in the kingdom of God, he uses the words, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Again, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I love what Douglas Moo in his commentary on Romans said, Paul here reflects the early Christian understanding of the church as an extended family whose members bound together in intimate fellowship should exhibit toward one another a heartfelt, consistent concern. That was the phrase. Consistent concern. The Apostle Paul is saying, if we believe these precious truths, if we know what the cross is, if we know what an empty grave represents, then this is the way that it plays out in our life. And listen, I, I just want to go here because I think still we don't understand how important it is to the Christian community. You see, all of us as Christians throughout the years, the sentence is this, Christians honor all people as created in the image and likeness of God. That's it. Do you want to know what separated Christianity from the Roman government or all of the other pagan religions? It was this. 
It was that Christians had an understanding of the world around them and the people that they interacted with as being created in the image and likeness of God. It's what we believe why human life is so precious. And listen, if you are a non-Christian who does not believe this, this is something you have to wrestle with. That you have to ask yourself, what do I believe about human dignity? Do I believe the Charles Darwin aspect that if they don't contribute to society, then there is no ethic value there? You see, that is a troublesome thing that you have to answer. But as we look through the centuries, what made Christianity explode under Roman persecution? Well, there's one man by the name of Rodney Stark. Rodney Stark is a secular historian. Rodney Stark is not a Christian. But he set out to study and to see how did Christianity multiply by a factor of a hundred or a thousand over such a short period of years that Christianity went from being illegal in Rome that you would die if you declared Jesus to be Lord and then in some 300 years, it was the majority of the Roman religion. That it was declared by Constantine the nation's religion. How? Listen, the world has never seen a movement like that. And in his book, The Rise of Christianity, he says this. In the 4th century, the emperor Julian bad man, launched a campaign to institute pagan charities in an effort to match the Christians. So it's a political move. Here's what he saw. He saw the Christians loving and honoring all types of people, despite their last name, despite their socioeconomic background, despite any of that. And he thought, oh no, we have a problem here. So what he did is he took Roman money and infused it into all of these other pagan charities in order for those pagan religions to keep up with Christianity. And here is what happened. Julian complained in a letter to the high priest of Galatia in 362 AD that the pagans needed to equal the virtues of the Christians. For recent Christian growth was caused by, quote, their moral character even if they don't believe it, and by their, quote, benevolence towards strangers and care for the graves of the dead. Did you know that in history, when a Roman citizen would have their firstborn child born, and if it was not a male that would carry on the lineage of the name and it was a female, they would place the baby out in the street in the gutter. And guess who came along and picked up the babies? Because we believe that God became a baby. You see, we believe that all people are created in the image and likeness of God. And so in order to match and to do that, in a letter to another high priest, Julian writes, quote, I think that when the poor happen to be neglected and overlooked by the priests of Rome, the impious Galileans observed this. And they devoted themselves to benevolence. And then he says, the impious Galileans support not only their poor, but ours as well. And everyone can see 
that our people lack aid from us. Yes, yes. This is how the Christian faith makes a difference in the world. And why did those Christians stay in the city when plagues ravished the city? Why did Christians die under martyrdom? Why did Christians go along and get those babies? Because we honor all people and all positions. Do you know how radical Christianity was? Was the very emperor that was burning Christians at the stake, those Christians in their worship gatherings prayed for that emperor. That is how outlandish the Christian faith was. You see, I think we have been so far removed as to see what an impact Christianity actually has in the world. And here's the sentence. In a world of hostility, God is calling His people to honor one another. That when the world sees the rest of the world fighting, and then when they look upon those who claim Jesus to be Lord, and they say they are of a different socioeconomic background, different political backgrounds, different all of those things. Listen to me. I am weary to my bones of seeing Christians share memes and have sarcasms about the President of the United States, regardless of what your political opinion is. What would it look like for you to pray for that man as much as you criticize that administration regardless of what we believe we believe that that man was instituted and ordained by God rather for prosperity or rather for judgment that is not your call but what we do is we say we honor all people and all positions in high authorities because Jesus has honored us that would change the world then the world would go that's different Tell me again what you believe. That's different. This is what honor looks like. Even amidst persecution, even amidst someone who is an anti-gospel, those Christians did that. You see, the Apostle Paul, in another letter in Philippians, says it this way. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Beautiful verse. Goodness gracious. Like, that's it, man. That's it. But it's so hard. And, and when he says, not to his own interests, but to the interests of others... Um, Do you know what sometimes church just becomes? Because we're broken people. We're sinners. And and we're all being put back into the image of Jesus Christ. But, But do you remember show and tell as a kid at school? Like the teacher was like, now Tuesday class is show and tell. And you were like, it's on, man. I'm gonna bring my bike. I'm gonna bring, like, you're just like, I'm about to flex so hard in front of my entire class that forever they will remember second grade show and tell, right? But do you know what you also remember about show and tell? You remember nothing else that anybody else showed off. Why? Because look at mine, man. Like you're just waiting for the teacher to call your name. You're not even hearing anybody else. And, and you've got that thing. It's my thing, right? And you see, sometimes we think our relationships are show and tell. 
Oh, no, no, I know. I know you've got the thing. And somebody's like, hey, you know, just, just pray for my family. We're really struggling. We're going through this. Oh, well, you couldn't imagine what I've gone through, right? And, and it's, see, my thing? See, my thing? It's, my thing's real important. And the Apostle Paul says, no, 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 no. What does it look like to reverse that? Just two things. Just two quick things. Um, honor, honor flows from humility. Humility precedes honor. Um, that's why a narcissist can't honor people. Because it's, it's you. It's your image. It's my thing. Um, Proverbs even says this later on. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom. And humility comes before honor. So now we're to the root of things. Like we know that um, we're supposed to honor authority and we see that that's gone awry in society and, you know, kids these days don't honor police and they don't honor, right, for sure. But why? But why? Because in the same breath, we are saying that the world revolves around you, little Timmy, that it's all here for you. That everything, and no, you can't honor someone else. Remember Simba? You can't lift high unless you have first gotten low. And then the second thing is this. Honor flows from humility, but what is humility? Here's, here, kids, side kids, here it is. You before me, that's humility, okay? We've just gone to Sesame Street. We've taken a right and there we are. I want everybody in the chapel to say this with me. You ready? One, two, three. You before me, that's humility. You before me. And listen, everything in your DNA, everything in your DNA says me before you. That's why we need a gospel that comes along and says, the same God that created the Milky Way, the same God that created those mountains, the God of the seasons put on human flesh and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You did not meet God halfway. You did not impress God with your moral behavior and Him say, wow, I really need her on my team. No, no, no. While we were in rebellion, Christ died for us. It's the most humbling aspect of the gospel. And that's why the Apostle Paul says in the verse, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's the definition right there in the verse. Humility, what is it? Counting others more significant than yourselves. So Westside, in closing today, as we have defined honor in what it is, and we have prepared and we have said that through this month, we are giving ourselves to honor that I think this is the thing that's missing from relationships. I'm going to need to learn how to do this, Pastor Jason. I'm going to need to learn what it is to place some of these people that I've been wounded by, that I've been hurt by. What does that look like? We're going to get into all of those things. But in closing, I just have a few application questions to put the ball in your court. The first thing is this. How would my relationships change if my main concern became... Expressing how much I value that person. Don't, don't argue with me yet, okay? Don't argue with me yet, okay? I know, I know, I can't imagine what they've done. 
I can't imagine what's happened. But here's what I'm saying. What if the energy and the emotional toil that it takes that you shifted and you just said, I want you to know despite everything, I value you. And I know I haven't always expressed it best, but you really mean something in my life. What would it look like? What would happen? Did you know that oftentimes people don't live honorably? <gasps> but did you know the best way to get them to not live an honorable life is to beat them over the head with how they're not living honorably? It's a fascinating concept. We'll get into it next week. That when you actually speak honor over someone's life, they always rise to match it. So what would it look like to just express that they mean something? The second thing is this. How would Westside look if we actually became competitive in honoring one another? Look at what he says. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo. Do you know what I see when I see that? I see a young couple in love who's talking on the phone, and then they're ready to get ready to say goodnight. And they're like, you say goodbye first. And they're like, no, 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 you say goodbye first. You're like, no, I'm not hanging up. You hang up. And then if you're in the room, you go, give me the phone. I'll hang up for you, right, okay? Like, no, 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 you hang up. Like, what if it was just competitive like that? What if you valued and this week you just called your community group leader or sent him a text message and said, man, um, my life is so crazy that I just realized this week, like, you pause and you prepare for group. You pray for us, man. Like, I you were so important to me in my life. What would it look like if Westside became competitive in doing that? And then listen, here's the last question. This is it, last question. What's stopping you from starting now? What's stopping you from starting now? What would it look like in this month if we give ourselves to holding all people and all positions in a high value? How would that change things? I believe this is where it starts. Because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Father God, we come before you right now in awe that you would count us as precious, as valuable. God, I pray for each and every person in this room. We all struggle with this. And God, we know we're going to get into some things. We can't love other people if we don't first love ourselves. So God, I pray today. I don't know what they walked in with, what they sat down with, the weight of the world on their shoulders. And I pray today they hear the still small voice that says, I haven't given up on you. Keep going. I love you. You're precious. You're mine. And I pray today, this week, God, that West Side, that there would be a stirring a holy competition of outdoing each other with honor and value and distinction. And I believe that the spark that will ignite the world on fire begins here within the church. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. We pray all of these things in the holy and in the precious 
and in the honorable name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand to